traders around the world yes we're back with basic cryptonomics a lot's happened uh not crypto specifically unfortunately but in the personal realm of a thing and with the general podcasts across of course cryptotalkradio.net's where they're all found that's basic cryptonomics available on pretty much every major platform a gentleman's world available on itunes spotify google and audible and amazon music and then, of course, for the love of boxing available on YouTube. At this point, Basic Cryptonomics also has segments that are posted to YouTube. I'll be talking about that on today's episode. And then, of course, for the love of boxing is only on YouTube. Gentlemen's World's where the guests are. We're about to have our next guest here in a couple of weeks. And we are screening guests on a regular basis. Of course, for Basic Cryptonomics, none of these tokens want the smoke. So, if you are an investor and you've got a token project, you'd like to have them challenged hard-hitting questions no softballs around here you want to get them called out you want to have them step up to the plate and explain themselves especially if your token's not performing i implore you talk to them tell them cryptotalkradio.net you fill out the form there's a form just for them to come on the show we don't charge in addition to this we have them sign a release and we're good to go we get you on the schedule and we'll we'll hit them with those questions and i guarantee you by the time it's done, you'll know for a fact whether or not they're legit or they're not, or they quit. So, without any further ado, I want to go ahead and get into today's episode because, of course, I am slightly delayed. There's a reason for that, and it's because, again, things have been happening in the crypto realm, but not to the degree that I wanted to have happen. And so, I want to try to break this down a little bit more, but the bear in the room is still there, that, of course, being Russia and Ukraine and the situation with the war. The big top of that list is with exchanges. We are seeing that there's lockdowns happening from anybody who's in Russia, which isn't fair because there are people in Russia who don't support what's happening with Vladimir Putin. However, they're being punished because they're in Russia. If you're a boxing fan, of course, Canelo Alvarez, who's the current pound for pound king in boxing, is lined up to fight Bivol, who's Russian, or he's he's not he's Russian, but he's not he doesn't live there. But he's being treated as a pariah because of his heritage, which isn't fair either. There's just a lot of misinformation. And I blame the fear-based science approach of our government because our government is the one that's pointing fingers at Russia instead of telling people what they need to hear. And unfortunately, there are people out there that believe everything that this current administration says, even when they're flat out lying. Even when it's anti-American, they don't seem to care to the point that right now they're debating 
sending some troops in there, which I, if you heard me on Gentleman's World, you've heard me say I'm adamantly against it. I'm opposed to it, not because of Ukraine, but because I don't think we should drag the United States into a war. I just don't think we should do it. We've already been down that road. It took us a long time to recover from it. So now we're trying to do it all over again. The problem this time is that you're dealing with the second largest holder of nuclear weapons. I just don't think it's a good idea, especially not when we got our own problems here back in the United States that we haven't solved yet. We still have people getting fired from their jobs improperly. We still have cryptocurrency in a very hurt state because of their Federal Reserve and all this fear-based stuff. We get, still got people being forced to put stuff in their arms against their will. We still have fear-based science. I think we need to solve all that. The illegal immigration, we need to solve that. It seems like people don't care. They don't care about the homelessness and all the other problems that we have here domestically. And yes, it's America first, but you got to think about it. If we're a weak company and a country, and we are, because that's what's caused the whole chip shortage, because we outsourced everything. Well, now what's happening? The price of cars is outrageous. I don't know if you've looked recently, but cars are going for like 6000 sometimes 10000 over the real sticker price. You can't even find, you know, I'll give you the old man speech. Back in my day, you could easily buy a car for 500 bucks, 1000 bucks. It probably is a little dirty. It probably has bad paint. It probably has jacked up stuff, but you could do it. You can't do that now, especially not on the West Coast. Now, most of these cars, we're talking cars that are like 2005, 2006. I mean, dirt old cars with nearly 200,000 miles. And they want 3,000, 4,000, 5,000 because they know that there's a demand for these vehicles. So it's a, that situation is self-inflicted. We're not solving that. And they're not prioritizing solving that. Instead, we're talking about dragging the United States into war and possibly causing the deaths of many people on, on the way. I just don't think it's a good idea. And when you're talking about cryptocurrency, it's in a fragile state right now. Bitcoin seems to be trying to heal a little bit, but it can't get over that hurdle. It keeps running into resistance because of the actions of our current government administration here in the United States, I think is making people sketchy. That's why I don't support it. I think we should basically be supportive from a distance, absolutely. And I think we should support NATO, but I don't think that we should get directly involved unless NATO says, okay, we're going to move and they're not going to do it. I just don't think we should try to be a front runner, try to be a hero, because that's just going to drag us back into another situation like past president, past Democrat presidents, so we speak that. So I guess the takeaway of this, I'm nervous for the state of cryptocurrency. And I'm nervous because as we see that there's the attempt to lock crypto down for Russians, it sets a bad precedent. It means that, yes, they can actively lock your stuff down, and we are seeing that there's disruption happening with people's ability to trade cryptocurrency confidently and the price movement isn't where it should be. We should easily have recovered as far as Bitcoin goes, easily have recovered at minimum 50,000. And it's struggling because you had the current administration go up there. Basically, he basically said, you know what? I want to go to war. I want to go out there and fight. And that's not the right answer. We don't want our troops out there dying for something like that. And we certainly don't want to expose the United States to nukes. I don't think that our country's ready for any kind of a war like we think we are. So that's just my, my take on it. And that's going to have broad reaching impacts on how we, when I say we people in the industry recommend various cryptocurrencies and how we talk about them because we're no longer as strongly confident about price movement. And you probably heard that if you listen to any other show, we're no longer as confident with the price movement that should happen. We can see it on the graph but it's hard to sustain it because we keep doing all this stuff that disrupts it when we shouldn't be doing that. 
So that's the top of the hour is what's going on with the Russia situation, Ukraine situation, and its impacts on cryptocurrency, which I do think are going to be significant and broad reaching impacts. And I don't want to see that, but that's truly what's happening in the big picture of it all. On the other side of the news, this is probably the only other thing I'm going to talk about. NFTs are starting to get a little bit more traction. And I say a little bit because it's still uncertain why this is happening all of a sudden. And it's no, it's not clear how far it's going to go. But um, Michael Jordan, he's got NFTs going. There's various companies that are trying to build NFTs now. There was a company that banked $7 million off crappy NFTs. So there's still, for whatever reason, there's still an audience for these things. I can't tell you why that is. I suspect it has to do with the scarcity aspect because most of the time when you have NFTs, you're not really minting more than like 10,000 at a slice. And so there's an inherent scarcity to it. Even if the art is crap, I suspect that's what's happening. However, there was a guest on gentlemen's world that I plan to try to invite to basic cryptonomics because she's really big into NFTs. There was another gentleman who's into NFT marketing. He said he was interested. I never heard back from him. But I want to have at least one person come on the show and hopefully put some sense around this, this rush to NFTs all of a sudden. Now, on the flip side, the amount of people buying NFTs, the number of people buying NFTs has gone down, despite the fact that the prices that they're going for when they do sell seems to be kind of going up ever slowly. So one place sold for $70 million, uh, Ukraine Dow. Uh, is one of those token, or it's a DAO, but, you know, token behind it. They had an NFT, and it's just the Ukraine flag. It sold for, like, near $7 million. Like, just crazy amounts of numbers, and I get it. It's their support for Ukraine, and I, I, I got you. But I don't think that, I don't think that, I still don't have a real solid case for why all of a sudden. It's, it's the timing that's really got me kind of weird. I don't know what the heck's going on there. If you're into SHIB, Shiba Inu, this news is for you because you may have heard me talk some time ago in the past. Go back to the old episodes. You may have heard me talk about the fact that Shiba Inu has a big problem with supply. The supply is too darn high and they got to do something about it and they don't seem to be inclined to do it. I said, you're talking like a trillion a day at this point because there's so much inventory. It would take you two years to make a dent in the price and they're only doing like millions a day. And so that's not... To me, that's not going to sustain and it's not going to make any difference. SHIB has had a lot of transactional burns. So these are like organizations that have offered to do a burn as part of their transaction. So like there was one guy and he had like a radio station or something. And he said, for every stream, we'll burn a thousand SHIB. And I went on SHIB Reddit and I told them, this is a joke. It's crap. This guy's a millionaire. Tell him to bank some of his money towards it. And I got attacked and beat up and all this other kind of stuff. Well, one thing I suggested, because they said, you know, do you have a suggestion for this? Do, do, do? And I suggested, you know, how come you guys, as far as basically people who hold SHIB, why don't you guys burn some of your SHIB? Because if you think about it, there's 1.5 million people that have SHIB somehow in a wallet somewhere. So if 1.5 million people have SHIB available, then that means that if you just took each and every one of those people would just burn a portion of their SHIB because the amount that's out there in people's hands right now is, is in the trillions. So you could, if they were willing, collectively burn your SHIB, willingly say, I'm going to give up my SHIB to help the price go up. And I got joked at, laughed at, insulted, attacked, and all this other kind of stuff. 
this guy, his name's Stephen Cooper. Stephen Cooper is, he's been doing like burn parties and burn parties are just, they get together on, on telegram, telescam or discord or something. And they'll together burn tokens. And the problem with the burns is that if it's just one person doing it, see what happens is, especially with SHIB, but every token does it. But what happens is you got all these people that sit back there when Lamboing that are waiting for somebody else to make the burn for them. They're waiting for somebody else to make the move for them. That's why they keep yelling for the devs to just burn tokens, burn supply, burn supply. And this dude with the radio, burn supply, yeah, burn it so mine can go up. They don't want to listen. They didn't listen to me when I suggested, why don't you burn your own tokens? So now this Steven Cooper guy came out and he basically said the same thing I said, which is as a community, we should be able to reduce 10% of the supply. That's 50 trillion tokens. It's doable because you have 1.4 million freaking holders of the thing. They could easily burn 50 trillion tokens. They don't want to because they're a greedy bunch of people because they just want to bank on their own. They don't want to enrich the whole community, and that means you're not a community. You're not a community if you don't want to help the vast majority of them together taking an action, taking a little bit of your money to help this process. If you don't want to do that, I question your loyalty and dedication to the cause. Now, if you're sitting on a dollar's worth of shiv, okay, you probably don't have much to give. But the thing is, you got people in there, I guarantee you, that are holding five figures worth of shiv. You're telling me that those people can't just burn a thousand worth of shiv, just a thousand dollars. If you got, let's say, ten thousand dollars worth of shiv, I don't know exactly what the number is going to be, but of a thousand shiv, just based on my raw crunch of numbers off my head is probably somewhere in the neighborhood of about 50 million tokens ish, probably a little bit more, maybe even five, maybe even 500 million. So you're telling me you can't just do it. think about that. 500 million, 500 million. If you had two people burn 500 million, there's your 1 trillion. Like seriously that, or excuse me, that's 1 billion, but 1 billion. Okay. And you got 1.4 million total holders. You could easily knock out those trillions and trillions of tokens. But the thing is, they're not a true community because they don't want to help enrich the community. They want to be enriched themselves. They expect the devs to burn the tokens. And you know where that's coming from? It's coming from the issue with the coin market cap when they had the inventory wrong. It was reported wrong. And then coin market cap corrected it and it tanked the price and it hurt people's sentiment. So they don't really even believe in the project unless somebody else is coming along and doing the burn for them. And that's a problem. That's really unfortunate that we see that. And we keep seeing people squawking about SHIB get on Robin Hood, even though I've said actively multiple times, you can buy your SHIB anywhere. It's no point waiting for Robin Hood. And then they don't want to buy the SHIB that's necessary here. And it doesn't make any sense. So they're now finally repeating what I said, and he's not getting attacked, but I got attacked saying the same thing I said over a year ago, which is no, how about the community contribute to the burn? How about you guys burn the shift to help the community because everybody gets rich. The fact that they won't, won't do that is really disheartening because if you think about Floki, Floki, they gave of their own money to help that project get back above water. That's a stronger community, and that's a token that rug pulled. <laughs> and SHIB didn't rug pull, and yet SHIB has a terrible community. I'll say it straight out. It, it has a terrible community, and I want them to hear me. I will share it on social media to make sure they understand. I said that to them. I want that smoke. They're a terrible community because they're not willing to do what I told them they should have done a long time ago to get past this hurdle because you're not going to get very many more holders at this point. Anybody who wanted SHIB probably already has it. You're growing a little bit, but you're not going to grow significantly because everybody who would know and who would buy it is already sitting on it. The rest are these who, for whatever reason, people sitting, waiting on Robin Hood, which makes no sense. And I'm sure there's a lot of those people 
Robin Hood's not going to list that thing in the short term because he already said so. The CEO does not want to have that risk, quote unquote. Okay, well then you guys are just going to keep banging your head against the wall and your price is not going to move. So I will share that social media because I get tired of seeing the SHIB, so-called SHIB army, not act like an army, not wanting to contribute of their own to benefit the greater good. I'm going to do a quick coverage of Satama. It's not worth going deep into it, but a quick coverage of Satama. As of last report, the latest version of Cytomask was released and was allowing swaps, at least on Android. And then, of course, they had some issues with iOS. That's Apple, for those that don't know. And they decided to delay the launch till the 4th, which, of course, is tomorrow if you're in the United States. So, or at least not in the East Coast. So, we now have a little bit more delay and people are calling out. They said it was going to be done a couple days ago. There's been delay after delay. The latest version seems like it fixed the swap, but of course there's no liquidity. The other tokens aren't there, so there's not really much you can do with it. So there's still work to be done. Meanwhile, Satama had some slight pumps. The problem, as I mentioned on a past episode, is that most of the whales that were in the project, I was concerned about the number of whales in the project. Most of them have already dumped out. Some of them are going to ape back in, as it's called, or YOLO back in. They're going to basically buy an extreme amount of dip once they see that the thing is on some moving. I think a lot of them are waiting to see Cytomask actually work to its fullest potential. I'm still not going to recommend it, period, point blank. And I'll, I'll put some finality to it because I know that's too open-ended. I will recommend Cytomask the moment Russ steps down because I believe that as long as he's in the picture... Cytomask can never be successful because there's too much FUD, and I'm talking true FUD as in information that he says that's not true, that then self-FUDs the own project and it hurts all the investors. And I think it's him as the figurehead of the business. I think he needs to get out of the way. The moment he gets out of the way, I'm happy to look at it again and possibly make a recommendation. But as it stands right now, I will not do it as long as he is in the picture because I am not I'm not sold on him. And despite this release, that's fine. But I want to remind people November 13th was the due date to have this thing in people's hands and we didn't get it on time. Green chart I covered on the previous episode that they were doing a relaunch. Allegedly, it's a whole new team. Uh, I got a little bit more update on this, but. It's a whole new, it's a whole restart. So it's like Floki all over again. They had a rug pull that was self-inflicted because they went after Duckface Girl and then they're doing a relaunch and it's a whole new team and they're waiting on the audit results now from Certic. Certic audit allegedly is paid for. So they plan to have it Certic audited to on the relaunch to see if they're able to get more people back on board. Of course, a lot of people jump ship because of what happened. It was a very problematic situation. So I'm not confident that that one's going to recover. I think it's going to be in a very tough spot. Because the other thing about the green chart is that what made it stay green basically didn't work. When you have this kind of a, once it hit the bear market in December, certainly, but even now, even when there were some buys, it still seemed like it was, it hit a capacity point and they weren't able to breach it even before the rug pull. So I suspect they're not going to be able to recover from this. I could be wrong and I hope I'm wrong, but I think they're done. I, I think it's going to be a hard sell to get people to buy into that project going forward. Seifu Protocol, of course, I covered Seifu on YouTube. I did not extensively cover Seifu Protocol on the main podcast, primarily because I already knew that I needed to target a specific audience, that not being the podcast folks. For those on the podcast, not on YouTube, in summary, I said I was not going to buy into Seifu because I'm not convinced the things I see are concerning to me. 
And because they're concerning, I need them addressed before I'm willing to give any money to this car salesman. That's my opinion. You have to make your own decision. I'm not telling you what to do. I'm simply saying, and I told them on YouTube, I'm not going to support this guy who's an idiot who's failed three times. I refuse to do it. If you want to do it, by all means. I've never said don't. I've never said that you shouldn't. I simply said I'm not going to do until, he, as long as he's in the way. It's the same like Russ. Every time I see these cult leaders, I'm never going to support it, period. So if I run into those, I'm not going to support those projects. However, in spite of what I said, people didn't listen. I said that people are going to be made rich off this thing. I said it's going to spike initially. I said it's going to get to the hundreds. I said that people are going to FOMO into it like crazy. All of that came true. Nobody's giving me any credit for calling it like I, I knew it was going to happen. It was going to FOMO and going to grow and people are going to be rich. It's not about whether you get rich in this case. You're giving it to a shyster. He is a shyster. By his own admission, he's failed. So they were either malicious or he's an idiot. Regardless, I didn't want to give him my money. And I told people, you want to go and do it? Go and do it. And one guy said, yes, I'm going to go and do it and take the profit. That's cool. And hopefully he was able to get a lot of money out of it because it, it did jump. I think the pre-sale was like $17 per and it jumped over $100. So I'm sure a lot of people were made rich, but the next level of the prediction is that at some point the price is going to be too high and people are going to stop buying into it. Cause remember it's on the Binance chain. If it was on Ethereum, I might think that it goes a little bit higher just because there's more people on the Ethereum side than on the Binance smart chain. So I think I still maintain my prediction and it's truly a prediction that it's going to hit a capacity where the price is too high and we're going to start seeing a taper off. It's going to have to consolidate here soon. And then we're going to really see if the rubber meets the road on that project. So that's safe for protocol. It is in a positive trend now. And it's one of the few that is, I just don't think I've always said, I just don't think it's sustainable. It's not that it would, wouldn't get there. It was easily going to get there. I just think it's not sustainable is all. I think at this point, there's no way that it's going to be able to do more than what it's already done. Once it hits that point, it's going to plateau and then it's going to start going down. And to that, I'll spin over to Libero. And it's on a slight price decline. And I know that's because people are selling Libro to buy into Seifu because we see that people are just shifting money to different projects. So we saw that people, even now with ID Finance and Keanu and some of these older ones that are kind of on the decline have been, we're seeing spikes there because people are just moving money and taking profit because of the uncertainty, chances are, of the price movement of all these tokens. So we're seeing that as well with Libro Financial. Titano's up ever slightly. I believe that's because they're either close to or they did release the updated contract that they were going to do where they were going to renounce everything. And that probably just increased confidence because now you don't have devs stealing tokens from somebody who's a whale. So that wouldn't surprise me at all. And personally, I'm not worried on Libero. And because I said, it's one of those you should take profit. I had taken profit six times. So I was already up. So I had already walked away from it, essentially. I do have some tokens staked that build up Libero. That way, if it does go up in a later point, say if Seifu crashes or Titano crashes or Roboros crashes and Libero starts spiking again, Libero still got some way to go. So if it starts spiking, I'll have those tokens kind of just sitting there and it costs me nothing because it's, it's staked rewards. So that was my thought process on that one because it has farming. You can farm multi-verse and you can stake those, and then it will give you Libero, and then you get reflections on both tokens. So I figured it's free. I'll just go ahead and do that. So that one 
those various tokens, these finance type tokens, which one of the underdog ones I'm going to talk about today is one of those as well. But those ones, Tatano, Seifu, Liberu, they're all people are just shifting money from A to B, robbing Peter to pay Paul, as expected, I should I should point out. Uh, and to seeing you, uh, I don't know if you've, if I mentioned on the past episode, I don't know if you, anybody's following and to seeing you, but the, of course, they're moving to a new token. They didn't tell anybody on social media that this was happening. So they're moving to a new deal. They're going to a brand new, it's a brand new token from scratch. It's It's not the same thing as what it was before. So the thought process behind this was that they were going to go all in and rebrand, get a whole new name, get completely different. And I don't personally agree with what they're doing, but it is their project. They get, they're free to do whatever they're going to do. So that's how we're, that's how that's going. If you are an Antis Inu, it did not rug pull. They're just basically switching to the new contract and they dumped all the liquidity out without really telling everybody. So now the new project fit something fit crypt. I think it is fit script. Uh, is going to be apparently airdropped to people. I don't know if that's truly what's going to happen, but that's that's what's being chatted about. Paratoken, formerly known as Paraenu. Paratoken, they had an issue with Unicrypt. We don't know, um, or Uniswap, sorry. Uh, we don't know exactly what the issue was. Apparently, it affected CoinMarketCap and CoinGecko. It had something to do with the way they did the migration. If you go back to my very first coverage of Paraenu, I said that they were probably going to have some issues that's going to force some migrations because I saw that there were some problems and some gaps. It seems like this is a fallout of the fact that they had renounced up front. And then after they renounced and all the liquidity was locked, they couldn't do a clean migration. So what they depended on was people dropping the tokens to them so they could sell to get the liquidity out for the new para token versus para emu. I suspect, and I don't know because I'm not in that code, but I suspect what happened is that when they did this migration this time and they did not, they couldn't pull the liquidity. It's basically just a raw sale. These orgs, all these different organizations treated it as the same contract as before. So we weren't seeing the true picture of the price movement. And as a result, it caused kind of a FOMO situation that people were thinking they needed to sell because it wasn't going anywhere. That's my theory. I don't have any evidence to that. I'm just saying this is what it looks like on the surface that was happening. So as it stands, Paratoken, they seem like they agree that they're going to do another migration. They said that it's not the contract that's the problem. They said it has to do with liquidity and how liquidity was moved and other things behind the scenes that should make it easier for them to move to the new token and it would be airdropped again. I don't know any of the mechanics You'd have to unfortunately go to Telescam if you want to get a little bit more details on what that's going to look like. But all I can tell you is that Paratoken is going to do a migration and it'll now, I'm pretty sure this is now V3 that they're up to. And Dior had to do a, vi a migration again. So just previously uh, I covered it where they had to do a 3-1. So they had some issues. All these tokens are running into these migration issues and it has to do so you know with what they do when the tokens spun up. The popular thing to do these days is to renounce ownership and lock liquidity. The problem is when you renounce ownership, you can't make changes to the code if there's something wrong. You can't stop bots if you detect something. When you lock liquidity, if you knew you needed to do a migration, you can't do it because you can't, don't have access to the liquidity. So while it sounds good that we want to restrict all that, in truth, it's because we don't trust these devs. And that's a problem. 
because you've heard me say, I think it really should be, do you trust the devs? Are they performing the way they told you? I think that's more important, more critically important than whether it's renounced or locked liquidity. Not saying those aren't don't have value or not important. I'm saying that I think it's more important that you trust the devs. The start to me is not having a heavy reliance on Telescam. If I see a token that has a heavy, I'm talking a heavy, heavy reliance on Telescam, I'm less likely to recommend them because I see the pattern that the vast majority of the ones that heavily rely on Telescam are the ones most likely to fail, either due to malicious intent, rug pull, or they just, they're incompetent. I see that. So I want to see that there's more of a reliance on things like Reddit, things like Twitter even. I'll even give you Discord, something other than Telescam, something where we can hold them accountable. Ideally, their website's kept up to date. I see that they are working hard to make sure information is searchable and readily available and they document when things change. Now I say this, and then EarnHub, who had done a pretty good job of keeping all the services and things updated, and they didn't rely on Telescam too much. They did rely on it, but not heavily. They kept the website pretty good, and they were pretty good on Twitter. They had their issue, and then they quit. They were going to release a new token, AnyFlect, and then they quit. They said, there's too much FUD, it's too much negativity. It's not worth trying. We give up. Too bad. And then they sent the remaining, not all of it, but some of the remaining BNB out to everybody that was holding some tokens and I got like 18 cents worth of BNB out of it. So, you know, even if you have all the best of intentions, even if you have all the documentation, sometimes they'll just quit because they're in over their heads. And that's what I suspected would happen is they're just in over their heads. Speaking of in over their heads, sometime back, feel free to go back in the archives for this one. The first token I covered on the Polygon network was Imperium at the time named or two Imperium. And this one came because I, they reached out to me and they asked me to take a look at it. I took a look at it. This is in the very early phases. Uh, the white paper was crap. I thought it didn't have a chance to survive and it had a long way to go. They didn't like that feedback very much, but eventually they came around. And I think the main person who contacted me just was triggered. He got triggered for no reason because I'm trying to help. And then everybody else that was part of the team was appreciative of the feedback and saw that I was trying to help. And then everybody else, this is all in Reddit all agree that yes this guy's trying to help and he's got really good ideas and you guys should listen to him they never took any of my ideas and they never implemented any of it same with pair token so i said i can't force them it's their project i just i see this is going to be a problem even though it has because it's a quality it was a quality project i thought they had the best of intentions it's just they were never going to be able to market this thing it wasn't like it was malicious they're not i think they're good people but they were never going to be able to market this thing the way that it was there all built. You could never sell anybody on it. And that's what I wanted them to fix so that it could help because it would have been huge, I think, because it had sound fundamentals in the code and everything, but they didn't listen to me. Well, then that leader, the one who reached out to me, quit the project. I don't know those specifics. And the other person that took over is doing what everybody else is doing, which is focusing hot and heavy on NFTs, to which I didn't agree with it. As a result, I mean, they did an airdrop and I sold off my whole bag because I didn't, I don't support the direction. It feels like they're just guessing and throwing stuff at the wall and they didn't implement any of my suggestions that would have actually helped. I got one of the people on Reddit reaching out via chat saying, you know, I remember you from the write-up you did and, and they're doing the wrong thing again. We told them they should listen to your suggestions. They're not doing it. The token's failing. We're already back at square one, which by the way, Paratoken also its price got back to entry level, which is bad um, because Paratoken had some jumps and same did Imperium. Imperium had some initial jumps, 
But what I kept saying, I said to Paratoken, you've probably heard on the past, and I had also said to these guys, I think NFTs are played out. I think that people are getting tired of them. I actually think they might be a turnoff to some people. When they see that the NFT is what you're pushing in their face, I think it turns a lot of these people off. I understand the board ape garbage and the CryptoPunks garbage and all that that are selling huge. I'm just saying that I think that was flash in a pan and you're not going to be able to replicate it and nor should you try. It doesn't mean you can't do NFTs. I just don't think it should be shoved in people's faces. So I'm seeing a pattern. Every token that is focusing on NFTs, Paratoken's doing it, Imperium's doing it, uh, ID started doing it. All these tokens that are, and Kishimoto, by the way, which I'll talk about in a second. All of these that are focusing more on NFTs are failing. Shirio's failing. Shaman King somewhat failing. Uh, all of these ones that NFTs started to get pushed to the front, I see that they're declining. And there has to be a corollary here. We have to say there's got to be something to that. And I think it's just, number one, people are tired of them. Number two, people don't want them shoved in their face and they're trying to get away from them. And that's why we're seeing a move back to fundamental tokens as opposed to these altcoins. And I would love the smoke with any token that's willing to listen to me and try something different because I honestly believe if you have a token that's willing to do something that's not NFT-based, I think it'll be able to sustain better. Now, Volt, which I briefly talked about, Volt Enu has been reasonably successful Volt Enu's main problem is the inventory. I think the inventory will hold it back. Maybe they have an aggressive burn. When I looked at it, it didn't look like it. But the inventory is so substantial, they're in a worse situation than SHIB. And we see that SHIB, SHIB took a long time. SHIB took years to get to its price. And that's with less inventory, a lot less than what Volt has or Shirio or Shaman or OCCT or any of these other ones. So... Right there, you have a double whammy. You got NFTs, which I believe are driving people away, and you got inventory, which I think are a turnoff, and they're not going to get sustained because people are not making significant profits in the short term they want to. Then on the flip, you've got the safe of the world with a heavily constrained inventory, and yes, those go up, but I don't think they're sustainable in the long term. Then you got the Satamas and the Lilies of the world that have a not great, but it's not terrible inventory to them. But because of loss of investor sentiment, because the leaders have jacked up every single time, they're not able to attract. The only ones who are able to attract any consistent attention has been Bitcoin, Doge, uh, Ethereum to some lesser degree, AVAX, which is Avalanche, Matic, uh, Polygon, you know, some of these fundamental ones. They're the only ones that are getting any consistent traction. The rest of them are just kind of floundering. And it's sad to see because these used to be some top dogs. Speaking of what used to be top dog, Kishimoto. Remember I covered Kishimoto. I said I was bullish on Kishimoto and then they turned around and banned me from Telegram or blocked me from Telegram. And I've been trying to help them because I was bullish about the project when it first started. Even though they started talking about NFTs, it wasn't hot and heavy yet. And I thought the code is good. I still think it's good. And I thought they have a good community, generally speaking, at least prior to them banning me from Twitter or blocking me on Twitter. But... They, they lost their way and they started going all in on NFTs. I think that hurt them. Same with Shirio Inu, another one I'm bullish on. They started going more. Now, Shirio had always banked on NFTs, but I think that they started getting more aggressive with the NFT messaging. I, I firmly believe, I know, I know some of them don't agree with me. I think that's a turnoff. I think people are tired of seeing NFTs shoved in their face and they want to see something more fundamental, which brings me to Everrise. 
Everrise has probably the most solid fundamentals of any project you can think of right now. They have things that actually solve business problems and they've been put to use. Everrise had an issue where their staking pool got hacked and the rewards got taken. And as a result, you can't now, of course, they're locked for however many months, but you can't do anything with your stake. Um, they're going to replenish it, but they also said that they're going to need to do a migration um, to the to fix it. So that's unfortunate because they've already gone through a number of issues and to see them have to go through that because they were hacked on the staking pool and they didn't incur significant losses, but they still had to do it is, is kind of depressing to see that happening. So Everrise at some point will have to do a migration just like what we're seeing here with these other tokens, how to do a migration like pair token. Um, at, at some point it gets kind of crazy, right? We, SHIB, to my knowledge, SHIB has only ever done I think it did one migration and I might even be wrong on that one. I know Satama is a V2, but like SHIB, SHIB hasn't needed to do like version three, version four, version five. It's been out for ages. So maybe just all these various tokenomics are just causing more problems than they're worth. And maybe it's worth looking at it again and rethinking that thought process to see if maybe it's not a good idea to throw all these gimmicks like they have been doing because it seems like it's causing more problems than it's solving. We see so many tokens that just migrate over and over and over the heck again. And I don't know when it's going to stop or when it's going to end. With that, let's go ahead and get into our underdog token of the day. And I call it underdog, although it's been out for a little bit of a while. I call it an underdog because nobody really knows very much about it. At least I don't see very much chatter about it. Uh, it launched in December, I want to say, either December, November, somewhere around there. And it launched initially on uh, Kronos, which is a different network. I haven't talked about Kronos because it's it's not new, but it's not popular. And then Avalanche, initially that's where they were targeting. Then they tied everything in with other tokens to create kind of this farming situation. That's why I wanted to cover them because it's similar to like Libero, uh, Multiverse, uh, multi-chain capital and so on and so i felt right with, now was the right time to cover this token or this let's say this ecosystem tokens probably not fair so i wanted to go ahead and cover this guy it is on the chronos network primarily so you probably haven't heard of it like i said it's not very popular it hasn't been talked about a lot because they chose a network that's not fully it's it's launched but it's not well known this is called single finance Website is singlefinance.io, again, on the Kronos network. So it's a CRC20 token, if you're ever curious. It is on exchanges, so you don't have to worry about the network. If you are curious about it, you would try to find it. The code, the call sign is single, and you can find it on gate.io, and you can find it on MEXC if you want to buy it from a central exchange. Remember what I said, though. If you're going to buy from a central exchange, get it into your own wallet. Don't leave it there. But remember also that you're probably going to need to, if you're going to buy this token or any other token that you see that's on Kronos, you're going to need to, you're going to, need to buy the uh, Kronos gas token so that you can trade with it because at some point you're going to need to probably switch it back from your wallet back over to something else. So just be aware if you are trying to buy into this for the very first time, you are going to need to do additional purchases in order to be able to transact with it. Getting it out is not a problem. It's once you get into the wallet, if you plan to do something else, you're going to need to have the core token in order to be able to do that transaction, just like you do 
you know, with Ethereum network, you got to have Ethereum there. If it's Avalanche, you got to have AVAX. If it's Polygon, you got to have Matic. You got to have the CRO token. The CRO token is actually crypto.com. So you can buy crypto, you can buy CRO almost everywhere. Just know you're going to need to have that token as the gas token supporting this if you decide to buy into this dude. Single finance, again, I just talked about it, Kronos Network. It is a farming strategy type ecosystem. So it's very straight up. Now, here's why I like this one more than some of the other ones. The They're more honest, in my opinion. You've heard me when I covered Libero as an example. And the fact that we've got these unrealistic APYs. And I said that a lot of that depends on so much. There's so many different factors that govern the APY and whether you're going to get close to the APY or not. Single is very honest. They straight up say, you don't really know what the APY is. The APY changes. It doesn't just come as a number when you invest. It changes over time. And you don't know what the APY is at any given time if the interface doesn't show this to you. The one nice thing, though, about, let's say, staking. So if you were in Thorium, which is another token I've never talked about, but Thorium has a bunch of tokens in the ecosystem. It has Epic Hero. It has Multiverse, it has Thorium now, and then the, um, or not Thorium now, but the um, Libero, and then the Thorium token. If you go into their staking pools, it straight tells you what the APY is for the staking. So it tells you how much you can expect to earn, and it changes all the time. Because it's based on a lot of factors. It's based on how much is staked. It's based on how many people have their stuff staked. It's based on the current price of the token. There's all these things that are in flux. Because we know this, when I go to single finance and they just straight say, you don't really know what the APY is. You don't. That's why we don't give you one because you don't know what the APY is at any given time. It changes. It got me thinking. They're right. The APY does change. So when you see a Libero or a Titano or a Roboros or a Seifu or any of the other ones that's trying to give you a static APY, there's more to it than that. With Libero, I said that they're balancing the reflection plus the rebase to try to force that APY. That still requires volume because without volume, you don't get the reflections. With Seifu, it has a similar mechanic, but it doesn't give you reflections by definition. It gives you kind of a form of interest, but it's not going to give you a persistent APY. And if you truly calculate the APY on any of these, you would see that it's constantly moving. It's, it's never going to be the exact same number every time. So I appreciate it single for bottom lining that. But they took it a step further by saying, let's build a dashboard that actually does show you what your APY is at any given time based on your stake. Thorium Network does this as well with theirs when you stake your token. So I'm not singling it out, but I am saying that with single, no pun intended, they put it forth. They said, regardless of your staking, let's just build you a dashboard to where you can calculate it regardless of whether you stake with us or not. Then... They give more and they put it in broad letters. So they're trying to be honest with you. High APY is misleading. Existing APY calculation ignores the value change due to price impact of the assets in the pool. I want to simplify what that means. You've heard me talk about how Libero is backed by stable coins. Stable coins' whole purpose is to try to stabilize your value and keep it the same. That's how Libero, in addition to the reflections and the rebasing, that's how Libro is largely able to get you very close to that APY on a consistent basis. And from what I saw, 
it seemed to be able to do it better than any of the other projects. If you're backed by BNB or Ethereum, right, or Polygonmatic or something else, these have a variable price. So because they have a variable price, as we see right now, those prices are constantly going down when things are not looking good. That means your APY has to go down because your dollar value has gone down. The equivalent intrinsic value of the currency, the cryptocurrency has gone down. That means the APY must have gone down and they're correct when you say that. Their solution, single finance, is no. This is why when we tell you how much your performance is, we give it to you in the U.S. dollar. Now, if you're not in the United States and you're in a country where they don't use the U.S. dollar or they don't care about the U.S. dollar, that's going to be kind of hard for you because you're going to have to manually calculate that equivalent through whatever calculator that you find on a search engine. But there's a, there's a brilliance to using United States dollar. That is that the majority of countries that have their own currency at some point do equate it in terms of the value of that currency. They do equate it to the U.S. dollar. The U.S. dollar is generally kind of the gold standard, no pun intended, of currency value. So, for example, I believe at last check, you know, a thousand pesos was like 10 cents or something. So that equivalency, once you can predict what that number is going to be, it lets you tell, it lets you know where you stand in your crypto, your currency rather, in your country. And then conversely, your cryptocurrency, you can calculate the value back because now you can say, okay, if it's 10 cents of USD, I should be able to calculate that to my currency in my country. And that tells me what my position is, my basis. Where do I stand right now? That's how I best know how my APY is going to change. Here's a simpler way of thinking about it. You know today how much it costs you in fiat, in your currency, to order pizza. You know what that dollar amount is, right? If you knew that the dollar amount necessary was going to change in advance, so they told you our pizza pies are going to go up by an extra you know, ruble or an extra pound or an extra whatever, duck it. If you knew that in advance, you know to prepare that money the next time you go to buy it. Their dashboard, they said, this is what we do, is we say you have, this, you have enough money to buy this many pizzas. And I'm oversimplifying what they're describing. This is how much money you got. You can buy three pizzas with this much money, right? That's simple for you to absorb. It makes sense to you because you have done that on a regular basis. When your effective value goes down, so today, you might be able to order five pizzas without thinking twice. Tomorrow, you can only buy four pizzas. Why? Because your value went down. So you don't have enough to buy that fifth pizza anymore because the value of your fiat is less. Or you have less fiat in there. Chances are your value just went down. As a result, you can't buy as many pizzas or widgets or whatever. That's a very simplified way of telling you what your true intrinsic value is. And it's a better metric to know where you stand from a crypto perspective, because now when you associate that, whatever your currency is and how much you need for a certain crypto, you should be able to now predict what your buying power for cryptocurrency. I thought it was a great way to explain it. And I give them kudos for the way that they explain that. Uh, they are working on the CERTIC audit that was supposed to be done in the first quarter. Of course, we're at the end of the first quarter is uh, the end of March. So I will check back on that one. It doesn't like it's done, but they requested it way back in December and CERTIC's been kind of backed up. So it doesn't surprise me. 
but they do plan to have that on board. Then in the second quarter, they plan to get on more centralized exchanges. They plan to get on Ethereum and Binance chain, which I think is good. And I think we're going to see some value spikes because right now, of course, the Kronos network doesn't have anywhere near the number of people, the number of holders that it would need in order to sustain positive growth long term. Now, the one thing I didn't like to see, and I got to call it out because they did everything up to this one thing, their white paper, which is not a white paper. They call it a white paper. I understand why they do, but it's in the garbage get book. And I wish these tokens wouldn't do it. They all seem to want to do it. I understand why they want to do it because it's easy to make edits. However, the fact that it's easy to make edits creates a risk to me. And I don't like to see that. I want to see that you have a PDF that I can download, save, and hold you accountable so that if and when things change, I can test you and say, no, you wouldn't change this. And I want to understand why you made that change. Of everything I saw, that was the number one thing that stood out to me is I don't like to see that they're doing the Gitbook because it means that you can make those edits. I like the project and I like the way they explain things and I like what appears to be their honesty. I have no concerns with those. I They are kind of telescam through and through. I wouldn't say they're all the way around, but they're kind of telescam through and through. I don't like that too much, but all of them are doing it. So I can't excessively hold that against them. The, for me, it's I want to see that they get the white paper. If they were to take what they've got and give me a PDF of the white paper, this would be a very strong candidate for me to recommend for you to take a look at. And I recommend you look at it anyway, but I'm saying for value perspective, stable value perspective in your portfolio, I think it's one of the strongest that I've seen in the mechanics of what it's doing. It's currently at a price of 12 cents per token. I think it's a great price point to buy in. If it makes sense, I like the staking mechanics that they have. I like the explanation of what they're doing. I like the farming that they're doing much better. I like the realistic APYs, like their level set, their level headed. I like what they're doing. I just, I need to get the white paper fixed. And I know it sounds petty, but the truth is it goes to trust. It goes to confidence in the project and the team. And if they're listening and I will at them, please. I want a PDF of that. You can keep the get book, but I want a PDF so I can hold you accountable and then keep that PDF up to date. But it needs to be a static document that I can download and hold you accountable to it. That's, I don't know why we went away from that, but we need to get back to that. Everything else I love. And I'm saying that not to shill it, quote unquote, but I'm giving them kudos for what looks like a very well-built project from what I can tell. Now I'm going to go a little bit deeper so I may do a follow-on episode on this one, and I'll probably put the follow-on on YouTube because I don't want to uh, waste too much time on this further because I'm about to wrap up here. But I do, I, I like what I see. I, I think it's a strong project. I think it's certainly worth your time to look at it and see if it makes sense for you. Understand that it's one of those that fits in a diverse portfolio. This Don't YOLO into it, please. Make sure that it's part of multiple things you invest in. Because it's it's one of those that looks like it's designed to help stabilize your value, but also possibly give you some passive income. So because of the risks right now, especially right now, I wouldn't recommend that it be your only project. You should have some other things supporting it. Certainly some Bitcoin, definitely some stable coins, perhaps. But stable coins are kind of iffy because if you go with Tether, USDT, we don't know if that's going to get locked down because the U.S. government's all around Tether. USD coin is a little bit safer, but USD coin isn't available as I understand it in every country. 
You might be able to do something like DAI, uh, Binance USD, some other stable coin that's on another network that's a little bit safer. But you should have a good blend of stable coins, perhaps the Bitcoin of the world, maybe a little bit of Ethereum, like have a blend of different projects. And then this is one that I would recommend taking a look at and see if it makes sense for the way you want to invest uh, for your portfolio. So I will definitely at them and hopefully they will listen and give me a PDF and we're all good at that point. And I would absolutely love to have them on the show so I can talk about the thought process behind the project and their marketing plan going forward. That's the single finance, singlefinance.io. Once again, on the Kronos network, which doesn't have a lot of people to it, but I do think it's worth taking a look at. That's all I got for you here, folks. Hopefully this has been an entertaining episode. Again, uh, Basic Cryptonomics is not going to be back until Tuesday. Now, just on a side note, there's a, let's say, an 87% probability that I will be relocating this weekend. Uh, I did the price checks and I can do it. It's easy to do it. And that would get me out of this God forbidden state. Uh, if I decide to do it, I should be all settled in the new place in time for the uh, gentleman's world on Monday. Uh, but I want to give you that heads up because if I'm wrong, then I may need to change the schedule around a little bit and beautifully I control the schedule. So it may be that I record basic cryptonomics on a different day than Tuesday. If it turns out that I'm not able to get this move, done timely. I'm pretty confident that I can, but I always believe in a plan B. So I'm just forewarning. The plan is that I'll be back Tuesday as planned, as normally planned, but there may be a chance that I need to change the schedule around and then I would probably shift it uh, with Gentleman's World so that basic cryptonomics happens sooner and then Gentleman's World happens later. I'll play it by ear, but I'm, I'm excited about getting out of this state. Trust me, it's the it's been on my mind for years. It's a terrible place to be. I was just talking to the Uber driver about this, and he agreed. So I'm excited. It's good things for me uh, because I want to get to where I can grow the podcast. But to do that, I got to get into a place that supports me doing so and is going to welcome me with open, open arms instead of treat me like a pariah, as Nevada wants to try to do. I will check in with you guys on Tuesday again. All of this stuff is going to pass. We are in tough times in cryptocurrency in general. I think it'll pass. I think we're going to be in a good spot. I just don't know when, like you've heard me say that before. We don't know when because the war is playing a part. The current administration is playing a part. Everything's, I think, conspiring in some way to uh, block stuff and hurt stuff and harm stuff. But I do think we're going to get back to a positive place at some point. So keep, keep it on the level. Just keep an eye on stuff. Continue to do research. Continue learning. It's a process. It takes a long time to really master it. And don't YOLO into anything, especially not now. Um, make sure you're taking profits. I would recommend you take profits. I would not recommend leaving crypto in anything for the long term. I know that sounds kind of dire, but there's too much uncertainty. I personally think in the business that I, that's my recommendation to you. You are free to do as you will, but I just think it's troubling times. And I don't think it's, I don't think it's good in the short term. I think it'll be better at some point, but I'm not sure when. So for now, I will check back in with you coming up next week. And I will next week, by the way, have another underdog token that I will cover. Uh, Cause I want to get back in that groove now that 
things are kind of settling down in the world of underdog tokens. Take care.